0: Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5pm UK time, and this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits, without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it, so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously... It's a podcast. It's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean, I'm not going to read it because it's already happened. It's in the past. It's pre-recorded. And no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit. You might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3-5pm to UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. Uh, guys, does anyone know where I am? I think I've been kidnapped. I have no idea where I am. I think you lot are going to have to help me escape from here, because I don't know what's going on. What? Sorry, what? What do you, what do you mean it's already been done? Oh, for f- It's Saturday. It's 3 o'clock. Now, live from Leeds, Alec Feldman. The Jonas Brothers started this afternoon's broadcast, followed by Khalid and Disclosure. Know your worth. This is Wizard Radio. And it's Alec. Hello. Good afternoon. How are we all? Are we good? Are we feeling fresh? Are we feeling funky? Good to know. Hanging out till five. With a big show this week. A very different show. Today's show can be described in in three words, three words beginning with the word B. Those are Brits, Brains, and Boredom, comma, the total lack of, because this show will be great. Yeah, that's right. Loads to pack in. It'll be a bit different today, actually. So, some sad news to start with. There will be no someone's knocking at your door. I know isn't that sad, but it's fine, it will be back next week. We've sent on a little holiday, because there's so much stuff to cram into the show today, there's just not time to do it. But don't worry, it'll be back. What is all this this stuff that needs to be crammed into the next couple of hours? Well, after four o'clock, we'll have the Brits hour. I talked about this on the show last week. (sighs) I still can't believe this. I got sent to the red carpet of the Brits last week. I know, how totally, utterly ridiculous as a concept. Whose idea was that? Who allowed that to happen? I do not understand. But I was there, ha, 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 Yeah, and I got sent with a little dictaphone. I said I got sent, I had to buy it from Argos. 29.99 cost me. And I tried to interview some people. You will hear exactly how I got on after four o'clock. I will play you all of the interviews that I attempted to do. And we'll have a chat about the Brits as well, what went down, what my experiences were of going to the Brits as the least showbiz person in the world, officially. You'll hear way more about all that after four o'clock. But also, as well as having a little Brit special, today's show is a little bit different, because we've teamed up with the University of Oxford to bring you an interesting discussion It's about mental health, it's about technology, it's about data privacy. I think it could be a really, really interesting chat. So we'll do that at about 25 past four. But before we do that, if you want to find out a bit more about what we're going to be talking about, if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash tracing tomorrow, you can find out more and play a new game that's been developed by the University of Oxford about the right to information on your mental health. Like I said, we'll discuss all of this in more detail in about 10 minutes time. So stick around for that. It should be really, really interesting also on the show cruises and a new top gear presenter there's still a bit of nonsense as well there's time for that and amongst all the chaos of the busyness of this week's show and of course there has to be time for this week i learned this week i learned it's been a busy week in my life a lot has happened and so it therefore figures that i will have learned a lot because that's that's how it how it goes so i've got three lessons from my life i will share with you so you don't have to learn them lesson number one this week i learned don't try and make your own hollandaise sauce yeah relatable i know but listen right my friend toby came to stay on sunday night he came all the way up from london just to see me and to do some other stuff as well and i was like you know what i'm gonna make him a really nice dinner because i haven't seen him for a long time be really nice to catch up i'll make him some nice food it'll be great And I was like, "Oh, let's be a bit bougie. Let's make salmon with hollandaise sauce, which is like this kind of creamy white sauce that tastes of, I don't know, lemon and stuff. And you make it with butter and eggs. And I looked at the recipe and I was like, oh, that's easy. I can make something with butter and eggs. I don't need to buy that. It'll be easy. I was so wrong. I don't know what the special technique is. I don't know what we got wrong. But the thing I ended up making with Toby's help was just kind of like... Lots and lots of butter. That's all it tasted like. It was really thick. It had basically kind of, what's the word, like congealed. It didn't taste that good and it didn't look that appealing either. And we had this massive jug full of the stuff which we had to wash out the sink at the end because it was not good. Not good at all. So who knew? Harder than you think. I did ask my mum about this after. I was like, where did it go wrong? And she was like, oh, I don't know. I've never made it. You should buy it from the shop. It's way easier. So lesson learned on that one. I've also learned this week. Anything a Friends actor ever does will be amid rumours of a Friends reunion. I saw a tweet about this that perfectly made my point about Courtney Cox. It was like, um, what has she done? She's done something really mundane, not interesting in the slightest, but, you know, the tabloids have picked up on this. And they were like, um... Fresh-faced Courtney Cox heads to gym after rumours of Friends reunion. And I was like, I-, I don't understand what the second part has got to do with the first part. Like, surely there have been rumours about a Friends reunion on-off for the last, like, 16 years. None of them have been true. What makes you think this one will be any, any different? And more to the point, why <laughs> why does this, this rumour of a Friends reunion happening have anything to do with the fact that she's gone to the gym? Now, that was what I was thinking. It was announced last night on all of the Friends cast Instagrams, really sneakily, that um, <laughs> there actually is going to be a Friends reunion, which I'm so excited about. Unscripted. It's going to be on HBO. Hope they bring it to the UK. So, y- y- you know what? Fair play. This time, Daily Mirror, you were right. It was a rumors of a Friends reunion. But, I mean, the point still stands that it had nothing to do with the Friends reunion. The fact that Courtney Cox went to the gym. Everything they do in their lives is just... Amid rumours of a friend's reunion Because their rumours are permanent They're always happening They've been on forever They've been on since the show ended in 2004 And they will probably be on long after this reunion has actually happened But anyway, that's something I kind of learnt this week But then also got proven a little bit wrong But finally, this week, I learned: Red carpets, they're fun They're weird They're kind of stressful And I'll bring you more info about my red carpet experience After four o'clock this afternoon on wizard radio i've got music on the way from halsey and alec benjamin in the weekend and now this is conan gray and mania i'm alec feldman ray's on the way next new song from her and soon we'll be having quite an interesting chat about mental health and technology and data so stick around for that in the meantime just been reading that there's a new aston martin car coming out aston martin if you never heard of them they make really fancy really really expensive sports cars the kind of cars they're using James Bond films. James Bond famously drives an Aston Martin. And they've made a new car. It's one of those like really big cars that no one actually needs because they're way too big to ever be useful. But Aston Martin, they've made a new one of those. And they've got they've got someone to test drive it, someone quite special. Because their factory, it's in Wales. And. Who is, like, you know, the biggest person in Wales? No, it's not Hugh Edwards. Obviously, it is the Prince of Wales, aka, my man, Prince Charles. So they've invited him down to come to a tour of the Aston Martin factory in Wales, and to test drive this brand-new car called the Aston Martin DBX. It's near Barry in Wales, if you know your Welsh geography. Apparently, Prince Albert owns an Aston Martin himself, which is kind of why he's so interested. He got given it as a 21st birthday present, ...by his mum, a.k.a. The Queen. Now, I'm 21 in a couple of months' time... ...so, uh, Mum, Dad, if, you, if you're listening... ...you know, I wouldn't mind an Aston Martin myself, just saying... ...but anyway, Charles is, is test-driving this new Aston Martin... ...which I think is very brave... ...given the track record of his dad, Prince Philip. We all remember the car crash he got into not long ago... ...but I'm sure Charles will be a much safer driver... He'll use a seatbelt and everything as he's supposed to. And, you know, look where he's going. But I do enjoy the idea that if you want your brand new car test driven, who is the authority on all things motoring? (laughs) Jeremy Clarkson? Nah, get out of town. Richard Hammond, James May, who even are they? You want to get Prince Charles in to test drive your new car. I was thinking, what if they get Prince Charles in to present Top Gear I haven't watched Top Gear in years. I have no idea who presents it anymore, ever since they fired, you know, the good three. Literally no idea. If they hired Prince Charles to be a new presenter, they'd get all that audience back immediately. It'd be great. I, I can just imagine now what it might sound like. Tonight... I drive a very expensive Aston Martin. I also see what's faster, a car or a horse and carriage. And the Duke of York is our lord in a reasonably priced Ford. Hello, welcome to Top Gear, I'm Prince Charles. Aston Martin. I've driven one since my mummy bought me one for my 21st birthday. But now they've got a new car. And they lent it to me for an afternoon to test drive. That's right. It's me, again. But this time, I'm in an Aston Martin. It's new. It's the DBX. And it's really fast. Look at me driving this car fast, now. See, isn't that fast. I've got to say, I really love the interior. The leather seats is just so comfortable, and I particularly like the wood panelling on the inside of the doors. That's particularly distinguished, befitting truly of a car designed for a king, a uh, future king, a future king. Can we, can we cut that bit out in the, in the yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Mm. I've got to say, I really like this car, but I wouldn't want to give it to my son, no. Um, He's he's a bit reckless, you see. I don't think I could trust him with a car as as fast and powerful as this. He'd be using it to show off to his wife all the time. Anyway, back to me in the studio. Thank you, me. I'm now back in the studio, and it's time to see how fast this Aston Martin goes round our track. To do that, we get the help of one man, and one man only. Some say he had his ex-wife killed in a car crash, and that he's actually been dead for the last 10 years. All I know is that he's called my daddy. Yeah, you see, I think that's enough of a flavor of what a Prince Charles led Top Gear could be like. BBC, I know he might be quite expensive, but hire him now because that could be incredible. Next on the show, gonna be having a discussion a bit different to what we'd normally do, about mental health, technology, and data privacy. So, don't want to go anywhere. It could be really interesting. I have a good feeling about this. In partnership with the University of Oxford, if you want to find out what we're talking about a bit more before we actually do it, go over to wizardradio.co.uk forward slash tracing tomorrow now to find out more and play a new game that they've developed. This is Ray and Young Ads with all of my love on Wizard Radio. New Ray featuring Young Ads. That's all of my love on Wizard Radio. Coming up, I like Benjamin, Halsey this is alec feldman and the next thing we're going to talk about is in partnership with the university of oxford we'll do that for the next few minutes a conversation about mental health a conversation about data a conversation about technology because the conversation about mental health it has changed quite radically in the last few years for the better which is a fantastic fantastic development really good thing because more and more people are talking about it, they're sharing experiences, checking up on your friends, and just, you know, bit by bit, the stigma that maybe used to exist is being broken down. I think we're all the better for it. But, obviously, you know, there's, there's loads more to be done. Not just about the ways we talk about mental health, but actually dealing with it in a practical way. Because if a person is in a position where they need treatment to help improve their mental health, that can be quite difficult because of things like waiting lists which are really long and also lots of people they can't get what they need they might not be eligible they might fall through the cracks in the system all sorts so the way the way mental health is talked about obviously it's changed a lot the way it's actually treated I think probably needs to catch up which is interesting because technology can come into that and be part of the solution just like it's changed you know, everything else in the world, ever, technology can also be used to deliver healthcare, which is really interesting. And it can be a game changer, because so many more people would be able to access some kind of help if it was just done by technology, online or by phone or whatever, than if they had to wait for appointments and all that kind of stuff when there's only a limited number of people that can do it, a limited amount of time. And so I think mental health care is an area where technology could, in the future, be used to assess our well-being and even possibly help to improve it. And what we are talking about this afternoon is kind of the ethics of that. Because if you have technology that can do that kind of thing, who makes it? Why do they make it? Who owns it? What data are you giving them? And then when they have that data... What do they do with it? Basically, it's a question of ownership. Who owns your personal healthcare data? Who has the right to know things about your mental health? Because when it comes to you know, doctors, medical treatment, generally, they follow a principle of patient confidentiality. You get that in lots of professions, but especially doctors, they can't pass on any of your information without your consent. And, you know, obviously, that's to protect our privacy as patients. But... What if we refuse to let our information be used in a way that could help us? Do we, do we have the right to do that? Do we have the right to, to not help ourselves because we don't allow our information to be passed on, for example? Because should you say to your doctor, you have this information about me, use it as you would like in order to best treat me, they could refer us to people who would benefit from seeing. They could even possibly prevent things from developing into something worse because they've they've spotted something they've used that information in a way that they have their discretion to and got you what you need before you know you need it um like i said the same kind of principle of confidentiality applies elsewhere you've got teachers even your friends and your family they'll all know stuff about us and our mental health and how we're doing but then do they have the right to share that in our best interests even if we don't want them to or don't think it's in our best interests because that's something that research at the university of oxford have been looking into they've made this new game in collaboration with game makers preloaded and also a youth-led creative network called liberty and this game is all about your mental health data and how it's used i've played it i went on yesterday i had a go basically what it does is it kind of gives you lots of situations you have to pick what you do it really got me thinking about things i hadn't really thought about before it's free, by the way, for anyone who wants to play it. Just go on your browser. You can do it on your phone. And it's, it's targeted at, you know, young people, people like us. And it's it's basically set in a few weeks before your final exams at school. So your A-levels or whatever the equivalent might be. So so imagine this, right? You're having some quality chat in the group chat. The memes are flowing. Everyone is being particularly funny on this particular day. And then someone sends a link to the group chat that you click. And that link, without you realising it, kind of starts monitoring your online activity. All of a sudden, you start getting messages and letters. They seem to know more about you than you know about yourself. But, but how, how do they know that? Why do they know that? The game basically asks, when all these different things happen, people knowing things that you wouldn't expect them to know, what would you do? This kind of tech is smart because it uses stuff like genes, your online behaviour, stuff you're looking at, stuff you're searching, basically to try and work out how at risk you are of developing some kind of mental health challenge, like a probability term, statistics, basically. And so when you play that game, that's helping researchers at the University of Oxford get anonymous, definitely anonymous, obviously, because (laughs) this whole thing's about data privacy. They get anonymous data about just how people our age would react to all the situations that come up. And then they can use that so that young people's voices get heard in this big debate that's going on at the moment about how technology could and should be used to deliver mental health care. So it's a really interesting project. I think it's, it's fascinating. Basically, the big question is this. If you knew that other people or organizations could have information about your mental health, that could help you would you be okay with them having it or would you be like nah it's an evasion of privacy i'm not a fan i would rather keep that data to myself not have any other organizations having it that is what i kind of want to discuss for the next few minutes so if you've got any thoughts on that you can send me a message right now on 07807 183 538 or you can email station at wizardradio.co.uk Would you allow your mental health data to be tracked and monitored and shared if it could help you? Or would you rather retain your privacy and just keep all that to yourself? Let me know. I'll read out a few of your thoughts in a minute. And also, the next couple of songs I'm going to play, if you go to wizardradio.co.uk forward slash tracing tomorrow, you can find out more. And play this new game I've been talking about, developed by the University of Oxford, about the right to information on your mental health. So check that out now. I'm gonna get on a couple of songs what should we play we'll do halsey and alec benjamin and then i'll be back with your messages on this quite interesting little topic here's you should be sad and i promise it's a complete coincidence and nothing to do with the conversation we're currently having (laughs) wizard radio alec feldman on wizard radio please consume responsibly (laughs) wizard radio that was alec benjamin and oh my god halsey you should be sad before that two quite chilled out songs in a row I'm Alec, and this is Wizard Radio, playing The Weekend and Sachs. the next 20 minutes. We're talking about mental health and technology, and who has the right for your mental health. That's because we've teamed up with the University of Oxford. They've released a new game, and you can play it if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash tracing tomorrow. Find out more. Play this new game developed by the University of Oxford. It's all about the right to information on your mental health. And I asked you before, who should have the right your mental health data I've got some messages actually Danny says I don't know who should have that sort of information but I think it should be up to you who has it nobody knows your mental health better than you do and a diagnosis can mean different things to different people I'm on antidepressants but I'm not the same as anyone else on antidepressants because my depression is different not everybody with depression faces the same issues so we can't act like just because one person who has depression all their family and their school should know and another person that should also be the same we we shouldn't be like that because people make assumptions about mental health all the time so quickly they hear a diagnosis they immediately make assumptions which isn't fair either basically it's your mental health you should decide who knows about it that's from danny it's interesting i mean obviously you're talking about your own personal experience on antidepressants so thank you very much for sharing that with us all I really appreciate that Um, which is something I don't really know about I'm very lucky in the sense that my mental health has always been so far I'm, I'm lucky to say pretty good I've never really felt like I needed anything like that but I would say something I picked up whilst playing the game actually that the University of Oxford developed Obviously, you know, my experience counts for like nothing playing a, a game on the Internet. The, the, sort of, the character in the game that I was playing as hadn't really questioned their mental health until all of these, these sort of letters and things started arriving saying, we think you're at risk of de- uh, depression. And the character in the game, that had never occurred to them until they got those those messages and then they actually did start thinking a bit more about it go hmm maybe maybe they're right maybe I should I should reach out so I'm obviously you know I don't know I'm speaking completely I'm happy to admit from a position of ignorance here but maybe other people can perhaps see things regarding our mental health that we ourselves cannot because they just they have that distance they can notice if we've changed our behavior or whatever. So, uh, like I said, you know, I don't know about that kind of stuff, so I'm probably talking <laughs> absolute rubbish here. But, I feel like that is a possibility, but I think the overall point that Danny's making is that no two depressed people are the same and we shouldn't treat it like they are is actually very important and probably right. And I think, yeah, that that is quite a good point sort of against the idea that other people should have access to the data if we don't consent to it necessarily, but Katie, on the other hand, saying, I think it depends what your diagnosis is and who needs to know, because it should be up to the doctors to decide if someone really needs to know information about your personal mental health. Katie says here, my brother got diagnosed with quite a severe mental health problem. I won't go into the details. Yeah, of course, of course and my parents were with him at the time and found out so we could understand it better. But I'm just trying to imagine if he'd been told and nobody else was. That could have been bad because he can't always be held responsible for his own actions. And if you didn't know he had a mental health problem, then you might be really scared of him and threatened sometimes. Some things need to be taken out of your own hands because sometimes you don't know what is best for you. My brother would never have told us if we weren't told by the doctors. I know that for sure. That, again, is an interesting point. Obviously, if there's a risk of of harm to the individual or even to other people, then you could make the argument, as Katie has done. It's very important for that data to be shared. And so, uh, you know, it shouldn't always be up to you, as uh, Danny had been saying. But equally, Katie, I think, makes the point that it depends. You know, it's all circumstantial. It depends what your specific situation is, which I suppose in a way is quite similar to what Danny was saying about how you know everyone is different. There's no one-size-fits-all rule. I think that is a very important thing to remember, actually, whilst we're having this chat. There is no same approach for everyone. It really is a case-by-case case thing, but whether that case should be up to the individual or whether it shouldn't be because there's a risk of harm is, is up the question I think Erin says I really see both sides of this because obviously it could be really useful to have other people know about your mental health so they could help but obviously your relationships are all different if I had a checkup on my mental health and something came up I'd be totally fine with my family and my friends and my school knowing because I trust them all but I know some of my friends have problems with their parents and a really bad relationship with teachers and stuff like that where they might not want these people knowing that stuff because they don't trust them. And in a way, I think your school, your university, or even your employer, if you have a job, should know before your family because you spend so much of your day at school or work, whatever. But people will probably disagree with me on that. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I could also make the point that your employer perhaps shouldn't know about that kind of stuff in case they use it to discriminate against you. Even if they don't do it on purpose, they might subconsciously think negatively of you if they know but on the other hand they probably should know because then they can make allowances and they can make things more accessible and help you out so employers is a really tough one but also schools i think even if you personally on a personal level don't have a great relationship with your teachers they still have that duty of care and if they knew there was something going on, even if they think you're the worst student in the world, even if they can't stand you, they think you're really annoying, if they knew something was going on that, you know, you were struggling with, I think they would 100% still do everything they possibly could to help you out, even if it doesn't feel like they're necessarily on your side all the time. At the end of the day, they do have that duty of care. I think that's worth pointing out. So. You know, there are people I think generally that could be trusted, but I, you know, it's down to personal preference. Um, again, it's it's the balancing act. Do you want the allowances to be made so they can help you out, or do you want your privacy respected and people not to know because you think they wouldn't use the information very well? Uh, I feel like. We're not going to answer that question, obviously, <laughs> because it's a big question, but I'm just finding this f- so fascinating. I hadn't thought about so much of this stuff, and you lot have really enlightened me so far. I've just seen this message, actually, from Kamal. It says, I'm sorry, Alec, I just don't trust it. People are too trusting if you think that your teachers can be given information on your mental health and just use it to help you. People have bad motivations, too, and I just don't trust people with that information. There may be one or two teachers in my school that I trust with that, and my parents, but other than that, nobody needs to know. Do I really trust my head of year with information on my mental health? No way. They're a gossip. And trust me, every single teacher in my school will find out about it, even people who I've never had a class with. I just don't believe that sharing this sort of personal information can only be good. Not everyone wants to help. Wow. (laughs) That's a really, really kind of cynical, world-weary message from Kamal my gut instinct is just to totally disagree with it but then again you know everyone has different experiences in life my experiences at school with teachers was that they're always they're always fantastic they're always caring and professional and they would never do what Kamal is is worried about and just gossip to all the other teachers and other students that just wouldn't have happened that i ever knew about i don't think and so i suppose i suppose yeah it is it is good to have that sort of dose of cynicism and think that some people are out to get you but i also think not everyone is out to get you trusted professionals in that environment i don't think are out to get you i really don't i trust them a lot maybe maybe i mean Kamal would say i trust them way too much but i i don't i don't like that whole you know all the teachers are out to get you things i really don't think they are i think they all they all work really hard they all care about what they're doing and i i'm uncomfortable suggesting that teachers aren't to be trusted (laughs) you know just in general i suppose yeah we shouldn't just give stuff away blindly to everyone and anyone because some people yes might be out to exploit you but equally i don't think putting the barriers up completely is particularly sensible or healthy That's just just my opinion, anyway. Jessica says, I think it's mixed. Doctors should be able to decide who needs to know this information because they're just looking out for your health and safety. But then, obviously, you can tell whoever you want to. I don't think information on your mental health is anything to be embarrassed or ashamed of, actually. I think that more people should share their diagnosis and be more open with their mental health because the more people who have experiences with people of all different types of uh, mental health challenges, the more adaptable the world will be to people who have these challenges. Of course, people have stereotypes and misconceptions, but being out and proud of your mental health will help to dispel those myths and will help other people in the future. Your mental health is a part of who you are, and you should be proud of that, not want to hide it away. That was from Jessica. I think I think that's a really good message to end on, actually. Um, the idea that... You know, these things shouldn't be ashamed and the more we know about it, the more educated we are, the more experiences we have with all different kinds of people, the better the world will be because we'll be able to make those allowances and adjust and treat people the way they want to be treated. And yeah, I think, I think a lot of that is, just, is so right. A really great note to end on. Thank you for that, Jessica. But also thanks to all of you for getting involved in this in this discussion. It's been really interesting. I feel like I know more than I did 10 minutes ago. And it's always, it's always a good day on the radio when you know more than you did 10 minutes ago. So thanks to all of you who've got involved. Sorry I didn't have time to read out all your messages this time. But trust me, I've seen them all. They're all really interesting. I've enjoyed them a lot. And remember, if you visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash tracing tomorrow, you can find out more about what we've been talking about. And play the new game developed by the University of Oxford about the right uh, to information on your mental health that we've just been talking about. So thanks very much for this chat. We'll, we'll get back into sort of the normal gear. We'll have a gear change now. I'll play The weekend and After Hours. And then something quite radically different. Cruises. <laughs> Let's talk about cruises next. i will bring the tone up in a sec. It's Wizard Radio. The weekend and After Hours on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman here. Let's get back to normal. Let's get back on track. Know someone's knocking at your door this week because there's too much to do. There's just too much radio content to give you something had to give. That's something. Unfortunately, while someone's looking at your door, we'll be back at this time next week on the show. Instead, let's talk about cruises. Do you want to go on a cruise? Have you ever been on a cruise? I feel like cruises are a distinctly middle-aged thing to go on. You know what I mean? Nobody under, I'm gonna say, 45, maybe even 50. No one under 50 really wants to go on a cruise that that i'm aware of anyway i've never been on a cruise i don't really know any of my friends that have either they're very much something that like you know old married couples do once their kids have gone off to uni or left home or whatever they're like oh she go got a cruise Ah, it has got a cruise caribbean cruise and they, they go off to the caribbean on a boat and they they see sights and they make holiday friends and they i don't know do whatever people do on cruise ships Cruises aren't really a young person thing, that I'm aware of anyway, which is why it really entertained me when I read this article about Richard Branson, you know, multi-billion-squillion-gazillionaire Richard Branson, who owns loads of things, including, apparently, a cruise liner called the Scarlet Lady, which in itself is quite an old-sounding name. But he wants this cruise liner to appeal to young people. Richard Branson, of virgin fame, wants to get young people on cruises. And so what he's done is he's kitted out this this massive cruise liner in a way that it'll be appealing to young people. He's got things on there that young people will want to do, not just stuff that appeals to the the middle-aged ones. What, What kind of things are they, you ask? Well, are you young? What do all young people like? They like yoga! That's right, this cruise ship has its own yoga deck, so that us young people that love yoga, as we do, can do yoga on a cruise ship, which will give us more reason to go on one of Richard Branson's Virgin Cruises. Not only that, there'll be DJs on board. I think... Normally on cruise ships, you've got kind of... They'll always be, like, singers. Someone on, like, a jazz piano, maybe. Singing songs from the shows or whatever it happens to be. But but not on this cruise ship, no. There'll be, like, I guess, a club with DJs mixing, playing all the, the hot hits. See, that's that'll, that'll appeal to the kids. They love DJs. But <laughs> this is possibly my favourite bit. What do young people like that will get them on the cruise ships... A tattoo studio, that's right. Young people, everybody knows, love tattoos. And the thing that was stopping them from going on cruises before was that there was just nowhere to get their tattoos done whilst on board. But now, because there's a tattoo studio on board the cruise ship, oh, all the kids will be all over it, they'll love it. You won't be able to move for under-30s on Richard Branson's cruise ship. It's going to be wild. And all these under-30s, they'll be covered in, in tattoos, obviously, because there's, there's nothing else to do on a cruise ship. So they just spend all day getting tattoos done. Iphone will be first in line for, for this tattoo cruise liner. Let me tell you. All right, it's about four o'clock, so I think we should get into the Brits hour. It was the Brits on Tuesday night in London. I was there on the red carpet. I will tell you everything that happened in a second. And I'll play you some Dua Lipa and Justin Bieber after we get your latest news. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Justin Bieber and Quavo with Intentions on Wizard Radio. Before that, Physical by Dua Lipa. I'm Alec Feldman. This is the Brits Hour of the show. We're doing things a bit differently this week. No someone's looking at your door, nothing like that. I'm just going to get you up to speed. I'm not, Yes, I know it was on Tuesday, and it's now Saturday. But in case you've been living under rock, I'm going to get you up to do all things Brits. Now, I was at the Brits. We will discuss this all in due course, how I got on, what I thought, how I felt, all that kind of stuff. In the meantime, um, I was on James's show yesterday, and we just had a chat about the Brits. But here's the thing, right? I was on the Brits red carpet. That was from, like, half four till half seven. Okay. I didn't have tickets to go to the actual Brit Awards ceremony. James went to that instead. So I went and had pizza with my family instead. Had a lovely time. It was a really great pizza, actually. One of the best I think I've had in a while. Weirdly, I had it in a train station of all of all the places, because I came down from Leeds to go to the Brits. was going back up to Leeds that night. I was just like, yo, family, come see me. I'm in London for like two hours. And so we went for pizza literally in the train station. I enjoyed a great pizza whilst all the like... The next train to Leeds will depart from Platform 2. Announcements were going off. It was, it was great. So, because I was eating pizza with my family, I didn't actually go to the Brits. I wasn't watching the Brits on TV. I, I had literally no idea what had happened at the Brits. But James decided we were gonna talk about it anyway.
1: Well, you are at the Brit Awards red carpet on Tuesday night. I actually went to the Brit Awards um, on Tuesday night. It was amazing, I would say probably my, i've been to four brit awards now not showing off but i have been to four and um
2: wow.
0: this
1: was definitely my favorite and i don't i don't say that every year because last year wasn't my favorite but this oh. year really was it was just so good if you've not watched any clips or anything from it the clips are up on youtube definitely watch it um alec did you have you watched the brits i know you weren't there but did you do the responsible thing and watch it on tv before coming on the radio to no. talk about it no you did fantastic no. all right no. So let's talk uh, uh, oh. about the brit awards because it was a really iconic night we're not gonna have time to go through all of them so i want to kind of just start off with the most important ones lewis capaldi now he won two awards on the night a best new artist and song of the year his first one was best new artist and his acceptance speech was pretty iconic what did you think alec
0: I. I would agree. I think he probably should have taken off his sunglasses whilst he was giving it, um, but okay. you know, um, I don't
1: remember him wearing sunglasses actually.
0: I think you must have been—you must have been talking to someone at the time. You missed that bit.
1: I me- okay, sure, maybe. I mean, I watched the clips as well, but okay. Um, okay, okay. Let's talk about this—the Mastercard Album of the Year this is for some reason the big one i still to this day don't really understand why but um, it's it is sponsored by mastercard probably is, i mean that is you're right uh, the mastercard album of the year won by dave psychodrama the album was psychodrama he beat lewis Cavaldi harry styles michael kiwanuka and stormzy such a massive iconic moment don't you think
0: absolutely um when when he got up there and accepted his award it was just massive it
1: was as a, a moment. massive moment for culture. What do you think, though, like about said. what he said earlier on in the night about Boris Johnson? Um,
0: I'll be honest, I didn't really have him down as a Conservative voter, but you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that's his, so that's fair enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're I. I would agree with you in that going on national TV, calling our prime minister a racist would make you a surprise to be a conservative voter. Um, you're right. Really powerful moment though from Dave and probably one of the, one of the most touching Brits performances I've seen. Talking of performances, Billie Eilish also performed. She also won the international female solo artist awards. Um, but let's talk about, um, you know what? Let's talk about the moment when Mel. B, or was it Mel C? I think it was Mel C handed her that award and there was a moment and Billie Eilish accidentally said somebody's name in the audience who she probably shouldn't have said in that moment. What did you think about that?
0: Um, I mean, I'll be honest. If I, if I'd won an award, the first name that would come to my head to say probably would have been Craig David
1: okay um yes you're right obviously for billy it was lizzo uh, that she said instead of saying thank you london she said thank you lizzo which also works it is also a you. yeah <laughs> but, um but yeah um uh, who else who else? let's talk about the opening performance actually uh, oh yeah mabel yes. she opened with don't call me up alec in as succinct way possible what did you think of her performance fantastic I would agree. I think that's a very, a very succinct way of putting it. You kind of tick the box there. And um, back to back to Mr. Capaldi then. His performance of his single. What, firstly, what do you think of the single? Uh, and did you think it was an interesting choice that he performed that single in particular? And what did you make of the performance overall?
0: I mean, it it did make sense to perform that single because that is a single he's really passionate about He's really proud of he wants everyone to hear it. He wants to do it live. So no, I totally I totally stand by that decision Uh, What was the follow-up was it any good?
1: Yeah, what did you make of the performance?
0: I thought it was great You know pitch perfect spot-on classic Mm. Lewis Capaldi, you know exactly what he used to Could have done with a few more jokes
1: um, not so sure about in the performance itself But yeah, I agree with everything else you said Doing someone you loved was probably the obvious uh, Performance choice there But an amazing song nevertheless And um, oh, let's talk about Stormzy's performance Because that was really heartfelt as well and, and Justin, Stormzy brings these iconic moments To the Brits, don't you think?
0: So iconic I wasn't sure he'd be able to beat His his 2018 performance with all With all the right. rain But 100%. he really did
1: you're right. He, he, um, Yeah, I think he really did. That 2018 performance really sticks out to me as a real Brits highlight still. So I think his one this year was pretty iconic. And then best group. Now that had a slight surprise winner, I think. Uh, what did you make of that?
0: I really didn't have Chumbawamba down as as getting the, the award there, so yeah, well, you know, I was they really shocked. They get knocked
1: down, but they come back up again.
0: <laughs> beautiful,
1: so, beautiful, yes. Um, well, yes, obviously Chumbawamba, who are now known as Fools, um, yeah, did win. I didn't realize
0: out. they changed their name.
1: Yeah, no, they have, and the lineup as well, um, and also the date that they formed. But um, Bastille, Brooding Horizon, Coldplay, and D-Block Europe there got beat by Fools. Um, now one thing that some people are talking about is a notable absence from the Brits. Now I feel like I don't even have to say their name um for you to know who I'm talking about here. So with of that in mind, not. what did you think about the fact that this very significant female artist wasn't at the Brits this year?
0: Well yes, as you said, the, the female artist who's very significant who needs no introduction. Honestly, I thought it was really rude. I think you should come to these kind of things, especially if you're nominated. But even if you're not, you know, um, they should still show their face, meet everyone, you know, just just to support all your friends and colleagues. I think it's rude not to attend.
1: Interesting. Well, I think Julia Lipa didn't attend because... She was I think it was seen that she might have been snubbed for a performance like she didn't perform in the night either But yeah, I was quite surprised as well that she wasn't there. and I don't know. It just felt a bit weird not to have at a Brit um, Yeah, I think I kind of think we've covered a lot of ground there. Don't you think Alec? I Agree, I've learned Fantastic. so much any other key highlight moments you want to bring up uh,
0: uh, Ricky Gervais was good at hosting
1: Okay, you didn't really get away with that one because that was um, actually Jack Whitehall. Oh,
0: sorry. I I get my my white male comedians confused. Sorry, my mistake. And
1: apparently there's quite a significant age difference as well. But okay. Mm. Winner of Best
0: Female at the Brits, that is Mabel. And don't call me up on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman. And this is the Brits Hour. We're talking about the Brits until 5 o'clock when Mars McCorsky's here. He might talk about the Brits as well. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I was at the Brits red carpet. Now, as we previously discussed about five minutes ago, I wasn't at the actual Brits because I was having pizza with my family instead. I wasn't invited. It's a cruel world, but I'm over it. I didn't really want to go anyway. I had a much better time having pizza and I was in bed by 1am. I bet James Gilmore wasn't and he was at the actual Brits. So there we go. Now here's the thing, loads of people Like, loads, so many get sent to the red carpet of the Brits to do interviews. I got there, and I was like, oh my god, how are there this many journalists? I mean, I'm not a journalist, I was just there. Definitely not a journalist, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm the press today. My little pass that I got given said media. So I'd call myself the press for one day only. And I was one of them. Now, I was right at the end of the red carpet. You know, all the big boys, the BBC, the, the newspapers, Sky, all them. They were right at the front of the red carpet. All the important people, all the famous people, they went to talk to them. Your Lewis Capaldi's, your Harry Styles. But then, the red carpet, it was it was well weird, right? I thought the red carpet would just be like outside. And it would be a red carpet, and the cars would pull up and they'd get out and everyone would be like, oh my god, it's them, and they'd just walk down. Not like that at all. I was in a massive tent. It was basically like the Great British bake-off but possibly even bigger than that. And so, I was indoors in this tent. The red carpet kinda of zigzags around the tent and there were like fake walls all the way around. Really famous people. They went to the, the beginning of the red carpet, they did interviews with all those people. They were then able to skip right to the end of the red carpet, past where I was stood, and get straight into a car that took them somewhere else, like, I don't know, 10 meters down the road to the actual venue. So, most of the really famous people didn't come anywhere near me. Like, nowhere near. (laughs) So, I kind of had to make do with what I got. And, more to the point, even the ones that did walk past, not all of them wanted to talk to me. Now, any other radio show, you know, a proper one, would... You know, they'd record everything. They'd record them trying to talk to someone. If the person said no, for whatever reason, then they'd just be like, okay. And they wouldn't play that because they'd have other interviews with other people who said yes, that they could play instead. I don't really have that luxury. I've basically just got to play whatever I've got, whatever I could get hold of. So here, I guess, it's just a, an indication of how difficult it was to actually get people to talk to me. Apple Wizard Radio. Oh, the rejection, it hurts Now, I don't know exactly who that was that I was sad about I've narrowed it down to two people, I think It was either Celeste And I was surprised about Celeste Because, I'm sorry Hun, but you are nowhere near famous enough To turn down interviews at this point in your career I'm sorry, but it's true <laughs> Throwing shade Or it was Tom Walker Who, people wanted to talk to him And he's like, nah, I'm sorry, I really want to vape I've been waiting for like an hour And <laughs> he left and I thought that was pretty funny. So it was either Tom Walker or it was Celeste. I can't remember which. That was the first rejection. I also got... It was a nice rejection. It was a friendly rejection. But it was a rejection nonetheless. From Mahalia. Fair enough. I feel, I feel you. Yeah. yeah, you see, it's a, it's a cruel world. Nobody wanted to talk to me at first. But eventually, I found someone. I found someone. Not only were they willing to talk to me for Wizard Radio? They were really excited to talk to me for Wizard Radio. And so naturally, the first person who was actually willing to talk to me, I had to ask them a load of really stupid questions. So here's me annoying Harvey. What are you most excited about? Uh, Most excited about, okay, apart from seeing Billy, uh uh, and Harry, and Lizzo, the food. I wanted to ask about this. What are you looking for? What like? What do you want for dinner? What are your hopes for dinner?
1: I mean, I hope that it's filling and it's not like really posh and small. Like,
0: do you know I mean? Like, oh, I yeah. don't want small stuff. I want it to be proper big. Not nah, pretentious. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I actually had a McDonald's before I got here, just just in case. But nice. I, lining. I'm hoping that like the food's great. Yeah. Have you got any special dietary requirements? No, absolutely not. Anything? Anything I can eat. I'll eat. <laughs> Human Hoover. Exactly. Nice. And finally, would you rather have arms for legs or legs for arms? I'd rather have. Oh, that's a good one. Probably arms for legs, because then I can like do stuff with my legs. See what I mean? Like, yeah, I can hold yeah. things with my legs. A lot more useful. Like oh. sloths. Exactly. Exactly. exactly like a sloth. Mm. My friend name has been dying to know that, so thank you. No worries. Oh, hello, Arvo. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having clap, oh, man. Appreciate really appreciate it.
2: Thank you.
0: Harvey on Wizard Radio, who is most excited for the food at the Brits. Obviously food that I never got to try, because I wasn't invited to the actual ceremony but I had a much nicer pizza, so it was fine. See, I did actually manage to get someone to talk to me after the initial rejections from Tom Walker, Celeste, and Mahalia. We bagged Harvey, we had a good chat about food and having arms for legs, and that was good. The people that got the most attention on the Brits red carpet this year were not necessarily who you'd expect it to be, at least the ones that actually came to my end because they weren't too full of themselves. It was JLS. I don't know if you've heard of JLS, I really hope you have, because they were huge and kind of late, late noughties. JLS were like an incredible boy band. So good, they had great dance moves. Aston did backflips, the rest of them were, were also there. And then in about 2013, they were like, you know what, we've kind of done this thing now. Like, we don't hate each other, we just think we've taken this to the end of it. its natural course, it's time to move on. And they kind of split up for a bit. They announced last week possibly the week before, that they're coming back. They're going on another tour, the Beat Again tour. And it was so exciting. And all of JLS were at the Brits. And it was incredible. And, like, everyone wanted to talk to them. And I was waiting ages to get to talk to them. So long that by the time they'd, like, finished with everyone else, they were kind of too busy and wanted to go. But, you know, I'm not one to be put off. So instead, I I just kind of shouted a really important question at them and hoped that they would kind of answer on their way and so just as we were walking out I, I yelled what's your favourite tube line and two of them looked at me as if to say who the hell is this guy and what is he asking us and then the other two actually answered they both said the Victoria line I wish I could play the audio of this but um, <sighs> to tell you the truth I forgot to press record. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't believe it. Everything else that night, I managed to record, but asking JLS what their favourite tube line is, unfortunately, seems to have been lost forever. If it ever resurfaces, I'll let you know, but I think, I think it's gone, which is a bit of a tragedy. But I'm not making it up. I genuinely did ask all of JLS what their favourite tube line is, and two of them, I can't remember which two, said the Victoria line. However, one person I did speak to, who was really keen to speak to me, was someone you might be familiar with, because they used to be a presenter on Wizard Radio Station. About a year ago, just over a year actually, they were on the station Saturday mornings from 12 o'clock, which is the slot Tamsin Craftman does now. It used to be someone called Daisy Maskell, who left and has now become quite famous for doing lots of other things. And I called her over to have a chat, and she was only too willing to talk to me. Hi. He's gonna
2: kill us. Kill
0: us? You? Them? Why is he gonna kill you?
2: Because, because he doesn't see me as the superstar that I am.
0: Well, in my eyes, you're a superstar. So Thank I'm interviewing you. So much. you. Wizard Radio to kiss in a year. Feel good?
2: I mean, it's so good. It's amazing. You know? I mean. You know, I don't know how much I can comment on this. but I don't know how much I can comment on this whatsoever, actually. After I'm doing something very naughty now by speaking to you. But here we are. We no, moved. Should I interview you? No, no. Who's the no. Best person that you've seen on the on the carpet tonight?
0: So far, you. Right. Okay. It was real money. It just knocked him off the top okay. spot.
2: Lewis Capaldi's been through, has he?
0: No. No. Well, I haven't seen him. I may, maybe I was looking at my phone at the been time. you Irish? Not that I've seen. No, we're doing this wrong. I'm interviewing okay. you. Come on, come on. on. Um, second time at the Brits.
2: It is the second time at the Brits.
0: What yeah. did you learn last year that you can now put into practice? Oh
2: my goodness, I learned to not take advantage of the free drinks at the Not stable. take advantage? Yes, because I didn't even make it to the after parties. <laughs> and you can, yeah, mm. you can ask James about where I ended up that evening. Wasn't it his um, house? It was at his house. Yeah, it was in like his bed, he was on the sofa. Wow, Exclusive. Um, And he was had to pay for the Uber fee as well and the mess that I left in it, so Aww. that was fun.
0: All, all in being a good manager. Yeah. you excited for dinner?
2: I am excited for dinner. Do you I, remember, on the menu? I remember the dinner was good last time. I haven't seen the menu. Okay. Um, but they always do something bougie, you know. Yeah. A Twist on the, the modern alternative. So we'll wait and see. Mm.
0: Who would you most and least like to be sat next to? Um,
2: I'd most like to be sat next to Piers Morgan, so I can <laughs> him off all evening. <laughs> <laughs> and his potatoes when he's not yeah, looking. Yeah. And, and then li- throw them Who would I not like to be sat next to? Also Piers Morgan. Maybe like Gwyneth Paltrow because I feel like <laughs> she'd be judging my life decisions. I don't know. She could give me some tips. No, she'd be judging the fact that I was eating dessert, that I was drinking, <laughs> that I wasn't, that I wasn't taking care of my body.
0: She'd probably try and flog you one of them like steam cleaners. She would.
2: Have you seen these candles that she's selling at the minute? Maybe it rings a bell. They, they smell of. Nice things. No, not nice things oh. at all. Well. I, I won't say it because I know you can't say the summer. <laughs> Um But check out Gwyneth Paltrow's candle collection. Mm. Um, it's quite wild. You're
0: not being paid to promote that. Are you?
2: I'm not being paid to promote it whatsoever. What a shame. You what it is, you'll, you'll understand that I have no affiliation <laughs> with Gwyneth Paltrow and her candle collection. So
0: lovely. Thank you very much for having a chat. Thank
2: you so much. Have the most wonderful evening.
0: This is this is wild. This
2: is this is wild.
0: I've never met Daisy before the Brits, and she is very very lovely, and I'm a big fan former Wizard Radio presenter, Daisy Maskell, chatting to me at the Brits, and back to like actual music artists now, I waited ages, he was the last one on the red carpet to talk to Sam Fender, I think he was running a bit late, he was in this bright pale blue suit, which was a look, and he was another one that everyone wanted to talk to because he's new and fresh and hot, and the guy next to me really wanted to interview him, a proper interview, but by the time we got to him, again, Sam, he was, he was already on the move, he wanted to leave. So this guy who'd been waiting ages just to talk to Sam Fender couldn't. Then after he'd been turned down, I just yelled at him and got an answer. This was all he had time to tell me, but I feel like, you know, it's still technically an exclusive. And it's all you really need to know about Sam Fender. What's your favourite tube line? What? What's your favourite tube line? Favourite tube line? Yeah. Northern line? Nice. I thought there was a chance he might not be able to answer because he's from Newcastle, but no. Sam Fender's favourite tube line is the Northern line. A good choice, a fine choice. Thank you, Sam Fender. I have actually done a 60-second guide to Sam Fender, you know. Obviously, I didn't know when I wrote this that his favourite tube line was the Northern line. I can add that in, maybe. But I did this a while ago. I thought, seeing as he was at the Brits, and I'm going to play him in a second, we should... Relive my totally factually accurate, by the way. None of this is made up, it's all 100% real. 60 Second Guide to Sam Fender. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Sam Fender is the 14-year-old heir to the Fender guitar fortune. Born into wealth, he doesn't need to do any work or do well at school, so he spent his childhood watching TV and playing football. After he was excluded from school age 12 for being disruptive, Sam's dad, Keith Fender, got fed up of him lazing around the house and forced him to take up a hobby. Following failed attempts at learning the drums, violin and harp, Sam finally settled on the guitar. Because his family are in the guitar business, Sam was able to pick out a special, limited edition guitar worth over five grand. Unfortunately, he smashed this one up in a fit of rage, but was able to replace it with a brand new one worth over ten grand. It turned out, Sam was actually quite good at guitar, so Keith Fender was able to phone up some contacts, get some free studio time for Sam to record music, and call in another favour to get it released. Saturday is the result. And that's Sam Fender in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturday's three till five. Still quite sorry about Celeste refusing to talk to me at the Brits. Rude, I would say. That was stop this flame on Wizard Radio. Before that, Sam Fender and Saturday, it's Alec Feldman. We're doing a kind of Brits hour. Because, quite ridiculously, I still can't believe it happened. I got sent to the Brits on Tuesday night. Not the actual Brits, just the red carpet. And then uh, I couldn't get into the actual ceremony, so I went to have pizza instead. It It was such a weird experience, honestly. I felt very out of place, as you'd imagine. There were all these, like, real journalists there. I was stood next to someone from BuzzFeed. I was not that far away from people from the BBC and Sky... And, you know, real newspapers, the Daily Mirror. I made a friend from the Daily Mirror and I was just there as well, (laughs) you know, with my little dictaphone. It was all cute and small, had a little blue kind of bobble on top and I was, you know, trying my best, shouting at people, trying to get interviews. Obviously, all the really famous people wouldn't talk to me. I was quite nervous, especially before it started. I was like, oh my god, am I gonna have to like push all these people out of the way just to get a word in? But it was actually a lot more civilised and chill than that, which was good because I wouldn't have been very good at that kind of thing. At the like shoving people out of the way, so I can shout annoying questions at Dan from Bastille, who we will hear from later on. We'll also hear from Stormzy in a bit as well. That that is a kinda of a ridiculous story. Although I should probably say I didn't actually get to speak to Stormzy. I've just kind of stolen the audio from someone else. But we'll get on to that in a second. First up, two people who would talk to me because they weren't musicians. TV presenter... Actually, you know what? One of them's a musician, some could argue. TV presenter Matt Edmondson and former member of Girl Band the Saturdays Molly King Matt and Molly, can I have a chat for Wizard Radio? Uh Prison Radio? Wizard Radio, not prison what radio? Wizard Radio, you have never heard it of us Hello it was, it
2: was Prison Radio, I said yes Super <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> quick no, You're really still saying yes anyway? Yeah, super quick
0: I've Yeah, super quick Super quick I had a question,
1: I've forgotten it, I'm stressed Is it
2: about prison?
1: No, who's your favourite English monarch? A very English monarch, probably our uh, reigning monarch, Queen Elizabeth II. Any reason why? Uh, I binged the crown and thought it was fabulous. She's been through a lot of stuff, that lady. Mm. What about you, Mike?
3: I would
2: say exactly the same. I think she's an absolute hero. She's been through so much and she's very inspiring. Very nice. If you'd have a top ten, where would Henry VIII come? Uh, he would come not eighth, which is what I, a lot of people would think. I think he's quite low down the list. I, I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff that he had going on. Yeah, I'm not sure he'd make <laughs> I'm gonna, I don't think he's going
1: to make it. He's not even coming into the top ten. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really?
2: Are you
0: excited for dinner?
2: very excited yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm nervous I'm going to be eating it. your dinner I think gonna
0: eat yeah, my, I'm going to push mine around the plate <laughs> and then Moll's going to eat it mm-hmm. I don't like dinners of these things they're never good are they they are
2: good he's just a fussy eater uh,
0: have you got special dietary requirements
1: no but yeah. they are they emailed me and I was like tell me what's on there and then I'll tell you if I've got a dietary requirement last year I tried oh, unbelievable. last year I tried duck for the first time I've got to tell you oh, it's like someone
0: combines chicken with beef it's weird <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it thanks God. for chatting guys have a great night you. see you later i got to say, I think they were quite uncreative answers, just saying the current Queen is their favourite English monarch, but you know what, fair enough, I put them on the spot. Next, this is kind of mad, one of the super famous people that actually did come to my bit of the red carpet was Stormzy. Now, everyone saw Stormzy, and they went crazy, they were so excited to see him, they are like, oh my god, it's Stormzy, everybody wanted a bit of Stormzy, but he was like, nah, nah, sorry guys, I've got to go, go, i got to go, haven't got time, I'm really sorry. Didn't want to talk to anyone down my end of the red carpet, but then he stopped. He saw someone he recognised, like a journalist. She was stood right next to me, literally the person next to me. I've been talking to her, I've made friends. She was really nice. Storms, you recognised her, and stopped walking and went back to talk to her, and so she got some actual like video. Um, nobody else did, and so I just kind of recorded that. Because it was quite mad that I was like half a metre, a metre away from actual Stormzy. So, this isn't me talking to Stormzy, but it, you might hear a bit of the person next to me talking to Stormzy instead. you got to make do with what you're given, you know. I didn't get access to all the big names, so i just got to play you anything I recorded, basically. We're, we're one step off just me playing you audio and me going to the toilet, to be honest. See, who'd have thought we'd ever get Stormzy as a guest on my radio show? Okay, fine, he wasn't really a guest. I just sneakily recorded him when he was talking to someone else. But still, that was kind of impressive, right? I was really close to him. I got a well called picture. You can probably still see it over at the Outlaws uh, Radio Instagram. That was own it with Ed Sheeran and Burna Boy. It's Alec Feldman here. We've been doing a kind of hour of Brit stuff because I weirdly got sent to the Brits on Tuesday night. Just the red carpet. I, I was really nervous beforehand. I was kind of scared. I thought I'd probably hate it. I was like, mm, better get this out of the way then. By the end, by the time I left to come home, I was like, wow. That was actually quite exhilarating as an experience. You know, I had no idea who was going to come. That was my main concern. I had no idea who I was going to talk to. What if I didn't recognise them? What if I didn't know what to say to them? Thankfully, I managed to brainstorm enough stupid questions that that wasn't really an issue because I didn't have to know who they were to be able to ask them the dumb stuff I asked them. Bastille were there. I asked all of Bastille if they wanted to come and chat with me. Dan wasn't paying attention. The other three kind of looked at me and kind of were like, mm, nah, not that interested. Dan wasn't paying attention, so then I managed to get Dan, and I managed to ask him very quickly before he snuck off one question. I had one question that I could ask Dan from Bastille. Obviously, I didn't want to waste it. I wanted to make it interesting. I wanted to make it profound. I wanted to make it thought provoking. This is what I went with. Which you rather have leg-sized arms or arm-sized legs? Ooh. A lot of thinking going on. I know it's hard because I have a very, very tiny, tiny brain and I'm very stupid. I think, I don't think I'd so. rather have arm size legs. Any reason why? Well, you know, some people get around on ha- doing handstands. I think I could manage all right and, and uh, sort of need these to play instruments and, and, and
1: things like
0: a that. A very good point in your line of business. Yeah, Thank I've you. Go. Have a good night. My favourite thing about that is just the gap. Should we count it? From the moment I finish asking the question, the moment he actually tells me his answer. Ooh. A lot of thinking going on. I know it's hard because I have a very, very tiny, tiny brain and I'm very stupid. I think, I don't think I'd so. rather have arms his legs. It's like 13 seconds, he was really thinking about that, which I appreciate. So that was Dan from Bastille answering the all important question would you rather have arms for legs or legs for arms? I'm so glad I got to ask him that. And then, then he went on his way. And that is the last of my chats with famous people to play you from my time with the Brits. I said I didn't have many. I said they might not be that long. I wasn't lying. <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting, but I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I was kind of scared I'd come back with nothing. So really, the fact that I have interviews with people that are vaguely famous, I think is quite impressive. Just a weird day of my life that was. <laughs> I was in uni in the morning. I went down to the Brits in the afternoon. By 10 o'clock the next morning, I was back at a lecture about the economics of trade unions. What a weird life, what an incredible opportunity. Gotta say thank you very much to James Gilmore who allowed me, who invited me to the Brits red carpet to go and do that. It was it was a cool experience. I won't forget that for a while. I feel like to end on, let's just have a little montage of all the dumb questions that I asked everybody at the Brits and then we'll have some Bastille. Would you rather have arms for legs or legs for arms? I'd rather have, oh, that's a good one. Probably arms for legs because then I can like do stuff with my legs. Who's your favorite English monarch? My favorite English monarch? Probably our reigning monarch, Queen Elizabeth II. What's your favorite tube line? Favorite tube line? Yeah. Northern line? Are you excited for dinner?
2: Very excited. Yeah,
0: I'm, not,
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm nervous. I'm about be... Have you got
0: any special dietary requirements? No, absolutely not. Anything, anything I can eat. I really... <laughs> Would you rather have leg-sized arms or arm-sized legs? Ooh. A lot of thinking going on. I know, it's hard because I have a very, very tiny, tiny brain. I think, I think so. I'd rather have arm-sized legs. Here goes another episode of Alec Feldman the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.